Hlu, Kai Hlu, Hedran Hlu. To what's this Dao all about? A lighthearted look at Taoism featuring Dr. Carl Totten and Todd Perry. Carl is the founder of the Taoist Institute in North Hollywood, California. Todd Perry knows a little about Taoism and is mainly here because he owns a few microphones. Now, let's learn what's this Dao all about. Everybody and welcome back to What's This Dow All About? My name is Todd Perry and with me is Dr. Carl Totten. Hello. C. Joe, great teacher here over at the Taoist uh, Institute in North Hollywood. And uh, let's see here. Uh, I, I just had a, an odd thought on the way up here. And uh, many people, when they hear this show, I guess it's, it's kind of what we call, quote unquote, evergreen content. And somebody will be probably downloading this five years after we recorded it. But as of right now, as of today, uh, we're, we're in uh, November, we're kind of approaching the holiday season, and I, I, was, I had a strange thought. I thought, you know, lot, lots of American holidays are built around some sort of religious tradition or, you know, I was thinking, is there any such thing as like a Taoist holiday? Like, yeah, you, you have like uncarved block day or like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Is there, I guess there's... I, I, you know, is there like a, a holiday in China or no? I guess the Tao doesn't really lend itself to holidays because it's kind of, I guess, against almost that sort of thing. Well, uh, I mean, there's there's Taoism and then there's Chinese folk practice, folk religious practice, and holidays. You know, I mean, there are people in China and and in other places that celebrate, for example, Buddha's birthday or Lao Tzu's birthday, and uh, and a lot of the ceremonies. And of course, Chinese New Year, which is based on the lunar calendar, right? And so that act, the date actually floats, you know, between around the end of January and the beginning of March, <laughs> and so it changes every year. And sometimes, you know, people have various type, like for Chinese New Year, you know, Chinese people like to get everything done before right. the New Year, cleaning and paying off all your debts, and right. in other words, so you enter the New Year with a Clean with an uncarved block, right? right. Clean slate. Clean slate. Yeah. Yes. I'm back at zero. <laughs> back at zero. Yeah. And uh, the, and also around the 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 seasonal solstices, they frequently will have some type of practice to welcome in the energies of the spring oh. or the summer or the fall. And uh, and a big one, of course, is the winter solstice oh, yeah. because that's the end of a period and you're letting go uh, so that you can create space for what's going to be arising in the new year. Oh, nice, nice. So you, the other day, uh, you, you were up in Oakland, California, about yes, I was. six, seven hours north of here at a Taoist gathering. Now, I've never heard of uh, any, any of this kind of thing going on. So what... what what goes down at a, a Taoist gathering? Ha. Well, lots of things. This yeah. actually was the 12th one, the 12th oh. year. Nice. 
And um, the person who puts this together, Dr. Alex Fung, he's a um, doctor of Chinese traditional medicine. Mm -hmm. He's also a Taoist priest, learned from his father, who was a famous in China, a Taoist scholar and and, uh, physician and priest. Mm -hmm. And uh, and he's a martial artist. He teaches Tai Chi and Judo. In fact, uh, just last week, he was in uh, India, uh, not doing all the spiritual things, but going to the... uh, the judo associations in uh, India and teaching uh, and doing seminars in, in uh, on, on judo and, and so that was kind of interesting. But he's also a Tai Chi master and a good friend of mine. So every year he has this gathering where Taoists around the country or even around the world sometimes can come together. And there's always a theme. This year's theme was. Uh, connecting with nature and using an ancient Taoist practice called uh, Dao Yin, right. one of the oldest forms of uh, Qigong. Okay, you know Chinese yogic and meditative practices. Yeah, we're gonna get into that soon, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and and I guess you know, several years ago there was an excavation in a cave in China called um, uh, the the um, Mao Wang Gui uh, dig, and uh, inside were several interesting things, including the oldest version of the Tao Te Ching oh, wow. ever. How, how old was it? Like... Uh, over 2,000 years old. Oh, wow. And, and also, there were these um, series of, um, or I, well, I guess originally maybe it was like a long scroll or something, but it was all kind of messed up because it was 2,000 years old. Yeah. And when they unfolded it, it, of course, it tended to crack, but they restored it. And I actually have a next door a, uh, a, a, a like a like a like a chart that's taken from that, and what it has are are, are, are figures doing these qigong, these yogic type of maneuvers, meditative maneuvers, and uh, like I said, it's over two thousand years old, and it's the oldest depiction that we have of of qigong oh, also. Wow. So that was a, that was a major. Our archaeological discovery of several years ago uh, in China. Mm-hmm. And so people, the scholars and practitioners get together. Their, their um, keynote speeches a few years ago, in fact, I was the keynote speaker. Oh, I okay. talked, the theme was being and becoming that year. And okay. so I spoke to that. Uh, people teach workshops on different forms of Qigong, different uh, ways of understanding things like the Tao Te Ching. Is it, are you in like a, a field or a park or like? Well, for many years it was actually held at I think it's called the Merritt College in uh, Oakland. Uh-huh. And then the last couple of years it's actually been at Dr. Fung's school. He has a school and a Taoist temple in Oakland, oh, wow. and uh, that's where it was held. Oh, no, I gotta it's check called, that it's, out. In fact, it's called the Taoist Center. Of Oakland. Oh, no, I got to check that out next time. I like to go up there for the Raider game from time to time. <laughs> so this, this would be a good round experience. You know, you, yeah. you're getting in touch with the Tao and then going into the black hole and enjoying myself. So <laughs> it's all about living a dynamic existence. That's say, right. You know, on some level. Right. So, and uh, you brought back a couple of things. I, I saw that you brought back a, it looks like some kind of stone Confucius carving. Yes. The, Dr. Fung's sister is an importer, and she brings the most lovely artifacts, you know, from China and around the world. And so there are several things in my temple here that are, over the years I purchased from her. Uh, there, there's a, there's a wood carving of Lao Tzu over here sitting on a block of wood. Uh, there's another one back here, a carving of uh, Bohidharma, 
the Chinese call him Damo or Putti yeah. Damo, the founder of Chan or Zen Buddhism. Oh. Uh, yeah, she has uh, really nice things that are perfect for a Taoist temple. Yes. <laughs> now, about how many people show up to the gathering of the Taoists? Because I don't run into that many Taoists, and when I'm I'm doing this show, uh, like. You know, it always sounds kind of very foreign and odd to people. And I try to make it not sound foreign or odd, but still come like last night I'm in a poker tournament in Orange County. I'm like, oh yeah, I, I can't be out too late because I got to be up early tomorrow to go to you know record my podcast on Taoism. And they're like, is that some form of cooking? Is that like, <laughs> what is so about how many people show up at a gathering of Taoists? Usually there's a you know somewhere between 100 and 200 people. Oh, cool. You know, yeah, again, from around the country and sometimes around the world. And uh, again, we just get together and kind of hang out. And, you know, there's a program. You know, there's scheduled activities. This year, in fact, since the part of the theme was interacting with nature, we actually went out one morning to the Botanical Gardens in Berkeley. Oh, okay. Fantastic. Oh, wow. And we were looking at all the Chinese. There's a whole section filled with Chinese medicinal herbs. Oh, wow. And an acupuncturist and herbalist led us around and showed us all the different natural things that grow in nature yeah. that you can use for healing. Right. And that was really nice, particularly in a beautiful day in Berkeley. Oh, and yeah. Under the sun and the clouds. Oh. It was marvelous. There's something about the air in the bay. I don't know oh. what it is, but it's there's a well, negative ions I think, from all the yeah. <laughs> from the ocean. It, it, it's very fresh. Yeah, really nice. I don't. Yeah, there's something about like I, when I take a deep breath up there, I feel it goes deeper into my lungs than here. Maybe. Yes, there's just yes. crap in it. I don't know what it is, yeah, but yeah, um, yeah. yeah, air without uh, particles and smog is always nice. Yes, <laughs> yes. So uh, moving on. Uh, a while back, uh, I've always been curious about this, um, when I was attending a Taoist temple in uh, El Monte, mm -hmm. uh, they had a ceremony for some of the, the, the Taoist the members of the um, temple that, it, that had moved on in their understanding or cultivation of the Tao, and uh, with the Tao master that ran the place, he bestowed upon them the three treasures, or revealed the three treasures. It was kind mm. of a ceremonial thing, mm. and I was, I was, oh, I was say, what's what's the deal with the three treasures? No, it, it it almost felt kind of like when when you're ready for it, we'll <laughs> we'll get into it, kind of thing. So, I, I but I believe it's a big uh, part of Taoism on some level, and uh, I figured you'd be a mm -hmm. good person to explain this. <laughs> well, I mean, all of us remember we're, we're all part of the field. We're all part of the Tao. And so everything that is within the Tao, we all are participating in, including right. the three treasures. Right. <laughs> uh, however, not everybody has cultivated their awareness and understanding of the three treasures, uh, certainly not to the extent that other people have done so. Right. And so the three treasures traditionally in Taoism are known as Jing, Qi, and Xin. Okay. Jing being uh, primordial essence pre-birth essence. It's kind of like your genetic inheritance from okay. your parents, right. your DNA, your RNA. Uh, and it's this energy is said to be stored and reside in the kidneys in human beings. Okay. And, uh, and then that interacts with your energy, your chi, which is stored in the Dantins, the the inner the elic fields of elixir in your body, okay. and uh, the one that uh, the the practitioners really uh, relate to. 
probably the most is the so-called lower Tantian. It's it's a it's a it's a theoretic space uh, between uh, about two inches below your navel oh, and, yeah. and and in front of your spine. Yeah, certain meditations they ask you to focus on. Yes, that, right? yeah. almost yeah, your, all yogic breathing tends to focus on that area where they tell you to breathe deep. I often tell my students, imagine that you have a balloon in your lower abdomen that expands as you inhale and deflates as you exhale. See, because then you'll be in the right area. Mm-hmm. Rather than breathing high and shallow off the tops of your lungs where you don't get full oxygenation, You're if you breathe pulling. deep like this by distending your diaphragm, you, you not only get a, a deeper, fuller inhalation, it settles your mind down deeper in your core of yeah. your body and takes you out of your head, right. which, of course, is a big problem for <laughs> out, many Out people. of your head and into your mind, right? <laughs> yeah, well, out of your head and into your soul, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the, the, uh, the second one, you know, that center in the so-called lower tantian, this point below the navel inside the body where the energy is stored and therefore can be strength, gathered and strengthened. And then the third one, uh, shen, uh, means spirit, in Chinese and in Chinese medicine, the spirit is actually stored where in the heart, huh? in the heart chakra, the heart, the heart, Dantian, uh, which is very interesting because we now know that the energy, the magnetic and uh, other electrical energy in the heart is actually more powerful than that in the brain, yeah. and so many spiritual traditions, I'm sure you know and have heard. Actually, you're trying to open the heart and be centered in the heart, which is a place of non-duality, a place of unity consciousness. And it's interesting that for thousands of years, the Chinese have said that the spirit is actually stored in the heart. Very interesting. And so these three treasures, when you link the essence, you know, kind of your pre-birth energy with your chi, kind of your post-birth energy that comes from air and food and water and cultivation and practice. And then that combines with the this energy in your heart, this place of non-duality and of ultimate potential. When all of that is linked in kind of an alchemic formula, that is one of the Taoist prescriptions towards enlightenment and immortality. Oh, so when when you get all these things kind of lined up, is it is it un, kind of understanding and trying to balance out the three, or find mm-hmm. that personal in, in in inside of you balance of all those things? Like, you know, kind of I guess with my with my feeble Western mind, I <laughs> I try to constantly balance kind of heart and and mind yes. about lots of things. There's you know as we, as we were talking uh, before we started recently, I made like a career change. And I was trying to um, use some of the uh, some of the you you were explaining to me on a, a show about when you're making uh, in order to, you're the ah I got it it was part of a discussion on the day and the the Tao in action mm-hmm. and in order to kind of you have the Tao it is manifested into reality through the day and through your actions through the day. And you were saying that a big part of this kind of manifestation is when you kind of put all of your heart energy and focus on that, uh, and that brings things kind of to life. And I, I was doing that 
And within that, I became wildly successful, more so than I thought, in making this <laughs> career transition. So, Excellent. Uh, so you know, ho- hopefully these, these things that we discuss here are things that people can actually practice. Yes. Uh, so, and, and, and then kind of the, one of the final steps is that once this jing and this chi and this shin and the heart are all aligned, and there are specific yogic or qigong practices for each one of these, by the oh, way. Oh, okay. Then... Yeah, you know when you're born, when you when when your cells first, you know, you know, you, your parents uh, did their thing and they they kind of co-joined their energy, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then you know there's a little nine month process, you know, yeah. where we develop. But the very first thing that develops, you know, when the cells begin to uh, connect and, and divide, yeah, the the very first thing that develops actually is the heart. Right. We eventually at the beginning we're all hard. Literally, yeah. and then the first thing that grows out of that is this tissue that becomes the tongue. <laughs> and oh, all, really? Yeah. So it goes straight. <laughs> and that's why in all Chinese traditions, when you're meditating, what do they tell you to do? They tell you to take your tongue and curl it up to the roof of your mouth. Oh, really? And so. This thing that grew out of your heart, now it's pointing at the roof of your mouth, straight to the center of your brain where the pineal gland is, right? right? The so-called third eye. And so by connecting the energy within the body from the heart into the brain, that is how spiritual consciousness actually is enlivened and awakened. And you always hear, we want to do what? Wake up. Wake up. Well, this is the Taoist prescription for waking up, for becoming an enlightened being. It's finding these three treasures, getting this alchemy. It's kind of like you have, you have the three treasures, and to use a weird music uh, metaphor, it's kind of like you, you, have, you have John Lennon, and you have Paul McCartney, and you have Ringo Starr. Now, by themselves, all talented people. But when you put the four of them in a room, it multiplies <laughs> to eight, right? Yes. It, it becomes this whole other yes. wonderful, beautiful th- yes. noise that, 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 that can happen. And let's not forget George Harrison. Yes, <laughs> oh, of course. I was listening to him on the way. Oh. Well, yeah, I was listening to him also. While my guitar gently weeps. There's a great version of Prince playing that song, which is, mm. he plays guitar on it beautifully. <laughs> but, um, so we're, we're talking about the alchemy of the three treasures. And so... In in kind of enhancing one's own these three things. So basically, there's separate kind of qigong prescription. We're getting into qigong in another show. It's mm-hmm. it's weird. All these different things they kind of interrelate. Yes, they do. But we it's like almost we have to have a full understanding of each one, or else right. it's just all bizarre, right? right? You know. <laughs> so it, it, these different qigong techniques can enhance these three things, which uh, I guess the word would be I don't know alchemically create something greater. Mm-hmm. And it's all about connection. Yeah. Connection, interconnection, intraconnection. Because when we are connected, what happens? What happens with a connected human being as opposed to a fragmented, disconnected human being? Oh, well, you, much, you, more, <laughs> much more... Uh, you, you have much more productive. Yes, you have access to the totality of who you are. Yes, and and our our the disease is fragmentation and kind of dis, problematic dissociation, and the cure is always unification. Right. That leads towards healing. Remember, in Chinese medicine, what causes illness and dis ease is uh, stagnation, 
fragmentation and disconnection. And imbalance. Imbalance. That creates an imbalance. And when you're imbalanced, things don't work very well. No. <laughs> and eventually you're going to need some type of treatment or practices to return to balance. Yes. And, as, and a lot of this is unavoidable. You know, what human being can avoid, you know, getting sick sometime, getting dysfunctional sometimes. None of us is spared that. And that's okay if, and only if, you have some practices to restore your balance. Then you're fine. You're right. Then you're fine. Then you can deal with the, you know, the, the vicissitudes of life, you know, the rising and falling, as, which there's no way to escape. It's part of the Tao, right. just like seasons of, of the year. Yeah. But, but you can restore balance because you know how. Yeah. See, and that is the purpose of going to a teacher, uh, you know, or a practitioner or a healer or a doctor of these methods is to teach you how to help yourself. Because right. they've been there. They've been there. Now, uh, here's a question. Actually, um, skipping back a little bit, you, you said something, and I know that I'm going to listen back to the show, and I'm going to be like, why didn't I ask him about that? <laughs> so uh, I was uh, the pineal gland. Pineal, pineal, pineal. Pineal, pineal mm -hmm. gland. Now, I've noticed in meditation, uh, which I've, I've kept up doing just, just almost every day, very good. Uh, unless I get rushed out of the house, but I don't get rushed out of the house anymore. I work from home, <laughs> so I have no excuse. But I want to. It's not a. It's not a. It's not a chore. It's oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. You know. So the I've noticed that there's a feeling in my mind. Almost there's a, a release of chemical, or there's something when it's going well. Is that the pineal gland? Yes. And you that, know, it's releasing endorphins. Yeah. Right. Even when you really get, and also the alpha waves, which are associated with relaxation and ecstasy and fun and yeah. happiness, those are released. Um, uh, all sorts of good neurochemicals are released in your brain that leads you towards a state of feeling, uh, a state of well-being, yeah. a feeling of uh, ultimately bliss. Yeah. Calm. Calm. Calmness. A calm, blissful feeling. Yes. And uh, that's why people do it. You know, what's the pay people ask, what's the payoff of all of this? Well, how about being in great health and feeling happy and blissful in your life? Right. Uh, is that something you might want to maybe you kind of look for? Yeah. <laughs> and, and the thing, I, I love always when you... you you said before is, uh, you know, or I, I was reading somewhere and it was about the, the thing with Taoism and the Tao Te Ching. The whole point is not trying to get converts or trying to get this or wield some kind of social power. It's try this because it works. Right. And, you, and, <laughs> and, and the thing is, you have to prove it for yourself. Yeah. You know, uh, we, we don't believe in belief. Yeah. We believe in experiences. Then you don't have to believe because no. now you know. Right. Now you know. But belief is for things that haven't quite panned out yet. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, and then since you haven't experienced it, well, oh, well, I believe. <laughs> someday, someday maybe. But um, everything that you get as a practitioner of the Tao, you earn. You earn. You know, it, it's like putting money in. A, in the, remember, you used to be able to put money in the bank. You'd earn dividends. Not, yeah. <laughs> not so much what now. Interest. <laughs> Interest. Yeah. yeah well, and, and in fact, I, I just participated in a book, and and my chapter in the book, I actually called it your your inner bank of health. Yeah. <laughs> be, because every day you you do these practices, and you get dividends. Right. You get immediate benefits. Right. And the longer you do it, the more benefits you get. Right. And so it's it's something that people 
want to do, they make it part of their routine because it's something that makes them feel good. And it, it allows them, because they're better balanced and there's less divisions within their psyche and in their soul and in their body, it allows them to access more of the totality of who they, who they are as a human being and their potential and, you know. and then when, yes exactly when you and when you have when you have access to the totality of who you are guess what your life becomes so much richer and so much more creative and you're able to things don't bother you as much no. so you feel better all the time mm. And you become an exemplar. You become a, a role model for others. Yeah. So you, you don't have to convert people. They, they just, just being in your presence, they feel different. And then after a while, they might say, wow, you know, would, I notice you're always kind of chipper and happy and seem really relaxed. How do you do that? Right. See, and then, and then you can say, well, I've been trying these things. It doesn't come from nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Or maybe it does come from nowhere. <laughs> out of the void. Yes. Out of no thing comes the all. Right. Be like, yes, it does. Actually, it comes specifically from nowhere, and, I, <laughs> and I'm trying to get to it. Uh, so let's finish up today uh, with a verse, uh, chapter 17, which oh, yes. I, I, knowing that we were going to discuss this, I, uh, I, normally I have notes and stuff, but after reading this one, I was like, I'll let Carl take it from me. <laughs> this is kind of a mysterious chapter, yeah. actually. It says, the very highest, is barely known by men. Then comes that which they know and love, then that which is feared, then that which is despised. He who does not trust enough will not be trusted. When actions are performed without unnecessary speech, people say, we did it. So the... the the very highest is barely known to man. Is that speaking of? Is that some kind of metaphor for enlightenment, or is it is it some kind of thing where extremes? Because we're always trying to stay away from extremes. Maybe mm-hmm. it's a one end of a spectrum versus the other. You or, know, I think the average person is so bogged down by everyday life, they rarely do what, of course, we're suggesting that they do, yeah. which of course is to create space to experience what might be uh, alluded to as these higher states of being. But these higher, so-called higher states of being come from doing what? Paying attention to daily life, yeah. to breath, to how you live, how you move, how you breathe, how you think, how you relax, how you exist. Mm-hmm. You know, very basic things, which then... Yield to Collect- bring you to the yeah. yes they they yield these treasures right these these gifts you know they 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 pay a dividend and so these 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 so called high the very highest which is barely known by men but exist um, comes from these other things that like Lao Tzu says then comes that which they know and love then that which is feared then that which is despised. So think about getting what you want, you know, that which you might love. Um, and, and think about on the way to thinking about getting what you want or what you might love, how fearful you probably are that you won't get it, or if you do get it, that you might lose it. Right. And, and, and how often 
our actions are guided by what we don't want to lose, right? right? We and we're, and we're comparing ourselves with other people. Oh, they've got this. I only have that. And and we're and there's so there's so much disparity in society uh, these days. Probably mm. has always been, oh, yeah. but it's particularly acute right now. And and so much is fear based. You know, you know, they have this, and I don't have that, and I'm afraid that someone's going to take what I have, right. and so we become very, very what possessive and envious and jealous. And the Tao, much of what the Tao is about, is about letting go. Letting go, because th- then this this thing about what is despised, and what do people despise typically? They despise what they don't understand. And they despise what they feel is the unknown and what is different from them. And they and what what threatens their way or their, their way of being. What, what or, threatens their reality? Yeah, they despise. But yet, truth is, we're all in this together. Yeah. Everybody's experiencing the very same thing. And so and so, this person over here is despising w- w- something about you. Well, uh, that, of course, they also have. We were over here despising something about them, which, of course, we also have. Yeah. And it becomes absurd, right. ultimately. It becomes absurd. And so the Taoists have always recognized this absurdity <laughs> in life. Hence the humor. And, and, and hence the humor. That's why I laugh so much. And <laughs> bec- because this, this need to try to prove it's the ego, Right, trying to prove that we're correct, often by proving that other people are incorrect, and then striving to get things. And then when we strive and strive and strive, uh, something that we've elevated to, oh, if I get this, this much money or this particular position, I'll be perfect. And then when you actually get it, how do you typically feel? Uh, dissatisfied. Dissatisfied. Essentially, it rots in your hand. <laughs> right, yeah. It's like... Uh... Like, uh, you know, that cornstarch for little kids, you put cornstarch and water in, and yes. if you hit it real hard, it, it fights back at you, but you put your hand in softly. Yes. But yes. then you put it in your hand, and it all just drips away, and nothing attaches. And so Lao Tzu says, when actions are performed without unnecessary speech, without all this striving, then people, of course, will take credit. They'll say, hey, we did it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we did it. Where the sage... Avoiding all of that from the very beginning just is satisfied with what with where they are, with what they have. And remember, a Taoist always knows when they have enough. Yes. Yeah. And so that's the acceptance, understanding of this kind of uh, coming to one's full potential in this kind of normal everyday around us, fine-tuning our human instrument kind of brings us to that level that we're not kind of bogged down by all this And not getting, not and getting trapped by our own expectations mm-hmm. or others' expectations. Because you know, even if you sometimes exceed expectations, the expectation is not met. Because you, you have this idea in your head of how things are going to be. Exactly. And it's never, ever, ever how, how you no. want it. Sometimes it's better. Right. Sometimes it's worse, but it's never how you imagine <laughs> it. So that's what's wonderful about life in a fun way. Right. But I think I can hear our outro music playing. So, all right, Dr. Carl Totten, C. Joe, thanks for speaking with me today. We're going to be back on the next show talking a little bit about uh, immortality. Mm, may the Tao be with you. Yes. Yes.